G'day everyone, it's Thomas Beecham here and welcome to a special episode of Take the Two. Today, Ricky and I will be chatting with ex-NRL referee Gavin Badger, who gives us a great insight into the life of a referee, his thoughts on the new one referee system, and he chats about his new role at the Tigers. We then put him through his paces with our fast five questions. If you like this episode, don't be afraid to subscribe to the podcast and share it with all your mates. Hope you guys enjoy Today, we're very lucky on the podcast to have a special guest with us. He's refereed over all 354 games, been a touch judge in about 57 games. It's Gavin Badger. Welcome to the podcast, Gavin. Hey, thanks for having me. So I guess we'll, I, I guess we'll start at the beginning. How did, how did you get into refereeing? And I guess when you did, did you ever think that you were going to be refereeing in the NRL for so long? Um, yeah, so... Got into refereeing, actually, um, I started playing footy when I was three years old um, for uh, the Zetland Magpies in the South Sydney Junior League. And um, I played at Zetland for up until I was about 15, 16, and then went to another club, Alexandria Rovers, and played there for a couple of years. And I sort of wasn't sure what I was going to do with footy and stuff, um, if I was going to keep playing when I was around 18 and stuff. And I bumped into my old coach that coached me at Zetland all those years, and he just started refereeing. He's sort of a bit older, but he was just to stay in the game and, and, you know, keep his fitness up and stuff like that. And he, he sort of grabbed me and said, you want to try this refereeing? And um, I probably can't repeat what I said to him at first because as a player, I didn't really like referees. Um, but he sort of convinced me to just go along and do the referees course. And I went and did that. And I remember going out and refereeing um, a couple of weeks after that and sort of something not knowing how much I'd enjoy it. And I actually fell in love with it straight away. Um, so, yeah... Sort of, sort of fell into refereeing, a bit of luck, you know, we'd talk about sliding doors moments if I hadn't bumped into my old coach um, that afternoon. Um, who knows what I would have been doing. And I guess when, obviously, when it, when you put in the work and came, you know, obviously refereeing in the NRL, did you ever think that when you started that you would be a top flight NRL, NRL referee? Oh, not at all. And, and, like, when I first started refereeing, it was a hobby as well. Like, not only for me, but even the guys that were at the top level in first grade, there wasn't a a full-time career there. It was something that you, you worked all week and then you went out and refereed on the, on the weekend. They trained maybe two nights a week. Um, so it was a bit of a hobby, part-time-ish. You know, it wasn't as a professional thing to do. So it wasn't something that I sort of had my heart set on either when I started refereeing. It was a little bit of cash, a little bit of pocket money. Um, and it was something to sort of stay in the game. And then, like anything you do as you move along and then people start to tell you that you've got a bit of ability and, you know, you, you, you may have, you know, the opportunity to... to take it to the highest level that, you know, when I was probably in my mid-20s, I sort of started to take it a little bit seriously and, and stop going out on the drink the night before um, games and stuff like that and think, well, if I'm going to take this seriously, I better I better get stuck into it instead of going out with mates on a Saturday night and then trying to referee at 9 o'clock in the morning. Um, I better settle down and, and see, see how far I can take it. Yeah, so never, ever thought that I'd referee for as long as I did. And even during my career, the whole time throughout it, you know, it, to me it was like a week-to-week proposition. I never felt comfortable in the fact that I was a first-grade referee. Because when I first started refereeing and coming into grades, I looked up to, you know, the Billy Harrigans and the Paul Simpkins and, you know, those guys that had been around, Stephen Clarkson and the like, that had been around for a long time and were sort of, they were first-grade referees to me. I never ever saw myself as that. So um, I felt like a bit of a fraud when I was running around in first grade, actually. Yeah, certainly, certainly, you know, great referees that you mentioned there. And I guess 
we see a lot of comments from social, on social media, just in, just from the general public, Gavin, that, you know, obviously when I guess there are decisions that they don't agree with or, you know, aren't, aren't fans of as such, when, when you hear that sort of stuff, how, how do you as a referee sort of, I guess, firstly cope and secondly, like, is there any, any work that you as a referee would do based on that decision to try and, you know, whether it's right, wrong or a fan disagrees to sort of make sure it doesn't happen again per se? Uh, yeah, a couple, couple of things to go. So, you know, what people's opinion of what I do and, and how I do it sort of don't really matter to me. It's, it's probably bad as that sounds because when I'm in the profession that I, that I was in, the only person that mattered was a person who was going to put my name down to referee the next week and to referee the bigger game. So I only really cared about the opinion of my coach. Um, so if my coach was happy with something that I did, I didn't really care what other people said. And everyone's got the right to have an opinion and that's why um, our game is so good because so many people want to have an opinion and, and our game is so grey and the rules are so grey. So there's going to be interpretations to things and people are going to disagree with things. Um, uh, you, you see it when you watch games you now with commentators and stuff. You have two commentators and they'll both have a different opinion of how something should have went. So, um, yeah, I was never really concerned about what people said about me except for my coaches. Um, so that made it easy to deal with that stuff. I actually, you know, I'm, I'm a guy who... You know, active on social media, read a lot of press, watched a lot of rugby league programs on TV because I love rugby league, so I wanted to stay up in it. There are some referees that don't watch any of it or don't uh, aren't on social media and stuff, so they don't have to deal with that. But for me, it was easy to deal with because I, as bad as it may sound, I really didn't care what people thought of me. Um, I just went out and did my job, did it to the best of my ability and then hoped that my coach liked it. And because what I do is subjective as a referee, like there's no finish line, you know, it's not like I'm an athlete where if I run the 100 metres and win the race, I'm the winner. As a referee, I go out there, referee the game to the best of my ability and people can have opinions on how I did that. So worrying about other people's opinions that don't matter sort of would have been really detrimental to me having a long career. Um, so that side of that. And the other side, yeah, around decisions. Like if, if I get a decision right, I don't really care as long as I do that again. But the ones that we get wrong, yeah, I do a lot of work on um, what, firstly, why the decision was wrong, whether it was a, a decision because I was in a poor position, whether it was a decision because um, it was just a tight call and I got it wrong, or whether um, the information that I got um, from, from other members of the team sort of led me down the path. So we did a lot of work on, on making sure that, you know, we, we rectify our mistakes and we make as little as possible. So obviously we know a lot, of, a lot of hard work goes into being a referee and everyone thinks that they can be a referee just, you know, mm. Even if they don't want to be, it's like, oh, I could do that, etc. In an average week, say during the season, what what would your week entail, both non-game days and then come game day itself? Uh, we're we're um, like, like I said, we're full time and we are classed as full time professional athletes, and that's how we train and that's how we treat ourselves. So a week in season is, um, and it's all based on what day you came off refereeing. So if I refereed on a Sunday, my Monday would be my recovery day. So Monday I would come into the office and I'd probably do a bit of a swim and you know get a bit of a massage and, and, and do more stretching and stuff like that. It wouldn't be much of a solid day, but I would then evaluate my game. So we have a, a program on our iPads that virtually an hour after the game, I get all the decisions, critical decisions in my game. So any decisions I make, there's a probably, you know, some games there could be between 20 and 40 decisions out of the game that are um, critical to that game, whether it be calls I made, calls I didn't make. They're all on there and all the angles from the bunker. So I might get five or six angles of every decision and then there'll be comments from my coaches. I get that within an hour of the game so I can go through that so that I'm prepared on Monday to go, yep, that one's right, that one's wrong, this is why. 
So I get that. I also then watch the whole game again um, on a program called Analyzer and I cut clips around different things, good, bad, indifferent. So good movement stuff, good position, good decisions, good pieces of communication, and then why we got that. So I collate all that. Generally, that process takes about three hours to go through it all and get it all done. Then on, on the Monday afternoon, I sit down with a coach and the other officials from that game and we've all got our stuff and we sort of sit down and work it out, go through our decisions and work out was it a good performance, poor performance, stuff like that, which will lead into our, our appointment for the next week. So that's virtually the Monday done if you're referee on a Sunday. Tuesdays is our day off, so the whole squad have Tuesday off and that's a quarter recovery day, so it's about getting away from footy, um, feel the boys go and play golf or whatever, but it's about that and getting your body right, so massages and stuff if you need it. Wednesdays is our big day. Wednesdays are a really solid day in season, so because it's the furthest away from footy, unless you're on the next Thursday or Friday. But generally on the Wednesday, you do our big run session. So we'll run in the morning, generally a 7K run session, um, mixed up sprints and stuff like that. From the run session, we jump into ice bars and, and recover. Then into the gym, where we'll do a weight session. And after the gym, um, we do an off-leg session. So rowers and assault bikes and stuff like that so a pretty physical session so it's a pretty solid day and in between that we have a couple of meetings so a morning meeting will be around the stuff that happened the week before so some of the stuff out of our evaluations some of the clips where other referees can learn from or some unusual incidents or stuff that we haven't seen before trends from clubs and stuff like that we'll go through in the morning and then in the afternoon it's about prep for the next week so we sort of wednesday is our cutoff from the week before that's all done and dusted and then once afternoon, we move into our next appointment. So we look at the teams we've got for that weekend, the teams we're in, so who, you know, who the referees and the touch judges are so we can work together and, you know, work out what works for each of us and what we like. Um, and, yeah, look at the teams we've got and, and how we're going to go out and do that. Um, Thursday is a bit lighter, um, a strength session, and, and um, we, we call it a, a sort of a game prep day. So we'll sit on an assault bike or a spin bike and watch some footage and, and just talk through the game as we're refereeing it so we can get our um, skill sets up. We do a, what we call a, a B-tough session, brain training under fatigue. So we'll sit on a bike or a roller and we'll get a heart rate up to a certain heart rate. And then a coach will throw questions at us, rules questions and stuff like that, which we have to tick off. Or we might have an iPad game, like a memory retention game or a, you know, a, a fast twitch game. Or there'll be footage on the screen and we have to make decisions off that. So we're working at high fatigue levels. And then Friday's a bit of a low day recovery day getting into the weekend, getting ready. We do a, a light upper body weights session and a, and a bit of a stretch and, and a couple more meetings. But it's a pretty full-on week and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's some long days and um, yeah, a fair bit of training. So it, we, we work off – it's a very similar structure to what a club would work under. Yeah, it certainly seems like a lot of hard work. And obviously those, I think it, it is and obviously, you know, can tell they don't know much about it. And I guess – Finally, from me, Gavin, you've obviously, you know, you refereed long enough to be involved when it was a, when there was one ref, then when, when there was two refs. Sort of, for you as a referee, how, how did the style of refereeing or even your own personal style, did it differ in any way based on the two systems and did you have a preference personally? Yeah, it definitely, it definitely changed the way I, way I officiated. Um, coming through um, as a one ref, I think for me, um, coming through when I did and um, there were a lot of players that sort of when I was coming into first grade and, and, and in, in um, reserve grade that I sort of knew whether I played with or played against and stuff as well so I had a bit of a rapport when I first come into refereeing at high levels 
just because I knew some of the guys around footy, being around footy for so long, um, which gave me the ability to to have a really good rapport on the field with, with players. Um, so being the sole ref out there and being able to make all the decisions by myself and, and being in control of the way that game was officiated really suited my style um, for a couple of years. Then, you know, we had some coaching changes and stuff in at the NRL level and things changed and, and that style sort of was looked upon as, you know, being too friendly and stuff like that. So that sort of fell away a little bit. And then we went into two refs. It sort of it re- reinvented me a little bit because I had to change the way I did things and running around the back, you're, you're dealing a lot with the attacking side, not as much as you are with the defensive side. So, you know, my style of being friendly and being approachable on the field worked there because I was sort of giving information to players off screen and stuff like that and, and building up a rapport again there. So I, I thought I sort of excelled a bit in the two ref system as well and then um, didn't really get an opportunity once we come back to one ref um, last season because I got stuck on the touchline for the whole season once we come back. So um, that's, that's one disappointing thing for me that I didn't get given an opportunity when we went back to one ref because I think the style of the game that was wanted by the NRL when we went back to one ref really suited me. Let the game flow, stay out of the game, um, have a really good game understanding and know when to jump in and jump out. And, yeah, I'm a little bit disappointed I wasn't given that opportunity because I think I would have been pretty good at it. No, well, you're certainly a fan favourite of many fans. And, you know, obviously the insight they're able to provide is, you know, is good for the average fan that thinks refereeing is certainly an easy gig, which it's not. So I'll, I'll hand you over to Tom, who just has a our section called Fast Five, which is just some rapid-fire questions sure, about about your career yeah too easy thanks gavin um just before we no, start no problem, I was just... mate. sorry are you west tigers fan big west tigers fan yeah so <laughs> um i'm doing a bit of work with them at the moment i'm working with oh, west really? tigers. what sort of things does the that role at the tigers entail oh, i'm working around educating the players on um referee mindsets in, in, in yep. different scenarios and stuff like that and um working on you know just just our general discipline and uh yeah just just helping where i can it's, it's I've been there since November and um, yeah. I can already see a change in, in, in the response to me there as well. So it's yeah, been awesome. really good. Yeah, sounds great. All right. So for our fast five, yeah, as Ricky said, just he does the hard hitting uh, questions <laughs> and I'll just throw out the, the rapid fast five just to whiten things up and get to know you and give the fans a bit of a different side to the persona we see on the field. So just to start things off, who was the first person that introduced you to rugby league? Um, it was actually a, a, a friend of mine, um, who lived across the road and he started, he was young as well, started playing footy and he, um, his dad took me along when they went uh, footy training. I was only three years old and um, just because I was standing around, they actually got me involved and it was probably two months before my parents even knew I was playing footy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sounds great. And um, sort of when you got into footy and, you know, started watching a bit of NRL or you know, New South Wales Rugby League back then, who was your first favourite yeah. player? Um, Larry Corolla. Yeah, awesome. I can uh, stick with that one. No, Balmain, Black Flash. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you have a favourite stadium to watch footy at, past or present? Um, to watch footy at? Um, it might show a little bit here, but uh, Leichhardt Oval. Yep, very nice. Like Leichhardt. I, I, as a kid growing up, I used to spend a fair bit of time at Redfern Oval. Yep. Um, but the hill at Leichhardt and the hill at Bookvale, two of my favourite places to sit and watch footy. Can't argue with that. Is there, is there a stadium that you would say it was your favourite to officiate at? Does that differ? Uh, Suncourt. Okay, is Some there a, a reason for that? Uh, it's always relatively big crowd yep. and big noise and generally it's a decent game of footy. For some reason, the Suncorp, uh, Suncorp, Suncorp Stadium 
produces good footy. Yeah, yeah. I've had some really good games up there. Would you say that the big crowd, you know, we hear a lot about players who, you know, G themselves up off the crowd or, you know, get draw energy from, you know, a, a large supporter base. Is that the same as a referee? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's all about emotion and, you know, adrenaline. And yeah, you run yeah. out and there's a massive roar and, and it, it feels like something special. You know, it's, it's, it makes all the hard work, you know, worthwhile when you, you get those, those moments. Because they're not moments that everyone gets to have. You know, yeah, run definitely. out in front of 50,000 people and feel that you actually feel, feel it through your body. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. And then finally, uh, is there one game of rugby league as a fan or uh, as a referee that you'll never forget? Um, I don't know if I can break it down to one, but there's a, probably two that really stand out. Um, I, in 2007, I went to Papua New Guinea to referee the Prime Minister 13. And that's probably one of the best rugby league experiences I've ever had. Um, just the crowd there and just, it, it's just, it is rugby league country. They just love the game. It's the only country in the world that has rugby league as their national sport. Um, and that was great. And there's another game that really stands out. And it's one as a fan, we were sitting in the crowd um, at, it was at uh, the SFS. It was 2005, uh, St. George versus West Tigers semi-final. And it was a game where, you know, it was all that talk about the sellout crowd and they wanted to move it to a bigger ground and, you know, the, the Tigers fans, you know, couldn't get enough tickets and stuff like that. And then the Dragons fans were complaining that work. And, you know, it, it lived up to all its hype. It was such a great game of rugby league. And, you know, it, it was and sitting in the crowd for that one. It was it was pretty cool. Yeah, awesome. I've watched plenty of, plenty of highlights of that from that game uh, many times over on YouTube. But, um, yeah. yeah, that's it for me, Ricky. All right. Well, thanks once again, Gavin. And obviously, best of luck with the West Tigers consultancy you know re- refereeing gig and hopefully we see plenty more of you in in rugby league in, in the years to come i hope to stay in the game for as long as i can because if i do that means i never work i don't class it as work <laughs> i love the game no worries appreciate your time gavin thanks guys